Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It is time for Sands of Time. And it felt like those sands were slipping away very, very slowly. Now, I know some of you didn't watch the show for uh, moral reasons, and and that I understand. Fortunately, uh, don't feel bad about watching this show. Uh, It keeps you from having to watch what we just did. And all of our proceeds today from monetization and from Super Chats are going to Sammy for Syria and the Equality Found or the Equality Federation. So uh, don't feel guilty about donating to this show. Uh, all of your money and your views, your clicks are going to a good cause. I am joined today by a guy that you all probably saw on our AEW Double or Nothing post show live from Las Vegas, Andrew Thompson. Andrew, how you doing? Doing good, man. How's everybody doing today? Well, I'm doing a hell of a lot better than The Undertaker and Bill Goldberg are. You were laughing your ass off about this match. It was terrible, man. That was awful. It was it was just miserable. I even had one wrestler just say, why did Bill just hit Undertaker with the whack hammer? <laughs> like, these are people who were there. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, that's going to be something. Let me tell you what. Uh, the only plug you all will have on this show, check out Fightful Select. It's the most direct way to support us. And, of course, check out Fightful.com. It's not just me bringing you all exclusive stuff. Andrew is. Jeremy is. Joe Holbert does a lot of great coverage over there as well. But let's jump into this. Let's this just tra- It wasn't that bad to start off with. The pre-show sucked. The pre-show was miserable. Uh, David Otunga ain't going to be good. Brock Lesnar's explanation of why he didn't cash in on Seth Rollins last week because he wanted to make him pay twice, that didn't make any damn sense. And I don't know about you, Andrew, but I got real tired of hearing the equivalent, if not exceeding, WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know why they keep trying to consistently compare the show to WrestleMania. It never makes sense. It never makes sense. It never works. It's just... It's just not good. But we had the Usos versus the Revival. That was pretty good. This match probably should have been Money in the Bank. 
The revival probably should have been built a little bit better. I noticed the broadcast was a little bit darker, maybe because of, of where they were or whatever, but this is good pace, fundamental work in the right spots without slowing to a crawl. Uh, the Usos have Dash pinned, but Dawson distracts the ref, and there's a spine buster. Then the Usos win with a bunch of super kicks. The Revival won a few weeks ago. Usos won tonight. Later on in the night, you would see the Revival eliminate the Usos. Mm-hmm. So this is like some sort of next-level 50-50 booking, in which I have never experienced before. But what did you think of the match and, and the direction that they went with this? I think it was a good match to open the show. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what WWE is doing with the revival. Like, are they punishing him or then on Raw they pairing with pairing him with Shane McMahon? I don't know what they're doing with Dash and Dawson. Uh, they they got high marks for what they did last week, and it's understandable. They did some really really outstanding heel work, and I, I thought that Monday was what we would call good shit, pal. It was good <laughs> shit. Uh, by the way, Ace Nation, Nation podcast. Thank you for the super chat. He says, check out Andrew Fulltime Thompson on the Ace Podcast Nation on Monday. He is a friend of the show. Uh, Make sure you guys check that out. Demon Diva, who taps out all the time, sends a couple super chats. And then Justin Lopez, thank you, says, I knew Goldberg and Taker would be ugly, but goddamn, didn't help that he might have concussed himself. I'm trying to find out, guys. I do have people there. Uh, Man, that, that was something. I will have a rant on that. Match that I really enjoyed, though, Seth Rollins defeating Baron Corbin. Something has clicked in my mind with Baron Corbin in the ring lately. And it might be that all of his matches don't slow to a crawl with a cross-faced chicken wing half Nelson. Because that, that was it was like that for, like, what, five or six straight months? He would just mm-hmm. slap that on, and nobody had learned how to get out of it. And I'm Dude, like... This match surprised me a little bit. It was way better than what I expected it was. Yeah, and... Corbin has about three moves that I consider as good as almost anything on the roster. That that ripcord slam is great. That deep six is great. And the end of days is great. And he has ways that he can reverse or people can reverse those. And that's, that's pretty good. I thought that he worked the injured ribs of Rollins really well. I thought that that was something that they had to, to approach. Nobody thought Baron Corbin was going to win this. So you had to go the route of Seth Rollins having the injury, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I like the way they put this match together. Um, Baron Corbin, like, I, I don't know what it is about him, but I've actually become more of a fan of his over the past couple of months. I think because he's like one of those last, I don't want to say true heels, but he's one of those last guys that can actually draw heat in the company. So, yeah. People always, they, they'll ask me, why does Vince McMahon like Baron Corbin so much? Well, I get the feeling Vince doesn't watch a lot of stuff back. He's probably sitting right there in Gorilla, and that's where he gets his reactions. Mm-hmm. And when you are there live, you will understand why Baron Corbin is in favor of Vince McMahon. Because these people go crazy for him from a heel perspective, and they boo him. That's that's just how it works live. Rollins did a series of suicide dives. I loved Corbin's belly-to-back suplex. Uh, There are counters out of the boss man spot and the end of days. And I love this match until the last minute. This last minute made Baron Corbin look like a complete moron. Like, why would, that, why would they do that? He went out and grabbed a chair, then argued with the ref, then did the thing where he's intimidated by this ref and got rolled up. This made him look like an idiot, Andrew. Yeah, they, they always seem to do this to Baron Corbin. I mean, I, I feel like they just came up with some, I don't want to call it last minute, but some last minute spot to 
have Seth Rollins go over. Yeah, um, it's just it, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work to make your heel to make anybody look so stupid in such a high stakes situation like this. Um, the ref getting involved. All right, okay. But Baron Corbin attacks after the match, lays out Seth Rollins with the end of days. Brock Lesnar's music hits, and he comes out. And I thought this was just a phenomenal post-match segment because there are a lot of questions that came of it. Brock Lesnar comes out, and Heyman trips and drops the briefcase, which allows Brock to get punched right in the penis. And Rollins just destroys Lesnar with the chair and does the, the curb stomp onto the briefcase. What do you think of this uh, this post match beatdown? So out of all the teases that they've done so far with Brock Lesnar, I think this was the best one because Paul Heyman played it all so good. Because it was like for a split second, I thought he actually tripped. Because I looked at, I was like, oh my god, I know he did that just fall, and I realized oh they did that to set it up, and I, I think it played out well. People are having a little trouble hearing you clearly, so uh, try to speak up a little bit, a little closer into your mic if, if possible. Even if you got to hold it up a little bit. Um, I, I just love this post-match. It was fantastic. It gave Brock Lesnar a little bit of comeuppance that he doesn't always get. Like, he gets it here and there, but not always. I want to thank Joseph Farley for a major super chat. He says, glad to spend the hour I have free getting the recap of something I didn't care to watch and to support good causes. Reminder, uh, this is going to Sammy for Syria and the Equality Federation. David says, I'm still watching the main event. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh <laughs> Had to give a super chat towards the Sammy Fund. Thank you. Hannah Moore says the show just ended and they're off to the flight back home. Yes. So a thing that I wanted to ask you, Andrew, why did R-Truth get on the flight? I, I, I didn't really know, though. I but, but, but I do want to say that that 24-7 segment that they uploaded to the YouTube channel was fantastic. Yeah. Great stuff. Great content. I just don't know why the man got on the plane. He wasn't booked for the show. He was still hiding in the bathroom last yeah. time I checked. He probably never got off the plane. That was wild. So uh, well, we'll talk about a news piece that dropped today. I had mentioned earlier this week, it was revealed that Renee and Natalia were heading over, but I broke the story on Fightful Select that Alexa Bliss was also heading over, and there was hope that they could do a match. Now, I, this is another thing we reported on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe today. I think in March or February was that WWE had pushed for this and it's obvious why they did it. They wanted to spin the the public relations aspect of this in order to make it more positive. Part of me was like, man, I wish they just filmed Alexa or Natalia winning the 24 seven backstage. <laughs> that, that, that would have been a good idea too, but I, I do want to slightly applaud WWE for Flying Natalia and Alexa Bliss out there, just taking a chance, just to see what could happen. Because you never know. Yeah, they they were trying. They were trying. I hope that Alexa and Natalia portrayed Undertaker's druids at the end of the show. I hope they performed in some capacity. Intercontinental title match. This was a good one. Demon Finn yeah. Balor against Andrade. I, I'm I'm not really all on board with the demon character. It's cool. I like the music and the entrance. I just don't know why he does it or why he doesn't do it. The, the one thing I I've learned about the demon character, it's like it it it's attractive. I see why people like it, but at the same time, it's like Finn does the exact same thing 
that he does when he's just a regular Finn Balor. The only thing that's different is maybe he throws in a power bomb. Like that's yeah. about it. I think it should be like completely different wrestling styles. I mean, it's a little bit different than Christopher Daniels and Curry Man, but it should be like like Colt Cabana and Matt Classic. Whenever you throw on the hood, you're a little bit different. Uh, but man, they beat the crap out of each other. They did. Uh, only thing about this match, I mean, you know, the, the crowd really wasn't that into it from what I can tell, but. Ben and Andrade went out there and tore it down. Yeah, they did. They they knocked the shit out of each other. Uh, Balor switches up that with a bloody Sunday. Okay, I, I do have to give him credit. That top rope impaler. That ain't something Finn Balor nice. does. That was nice. Woo! Was nice. Anybody who watches this show knows I'm a fan of the impaler. I, I use the impaler. I love that move. I, I think at first Andrade was setting up for that springboard her Corona. But I think he got caught on the top row, so they had to make a quick adjustment. And Finn just was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try this. And it worked out well. It was it was really good. Uh, my only qualm with this match is we saw a sling blade in the second straight match. Uh, Rollins probably should have laid off that in his match because it is Balor's move. Uh, Andrade plants the demon with a hammerlock DDT, but I don't think the crowd knew that that was the, his finish. I'm not sure exactly how that went, but... Balor got the win. This was probably the best match of the night to me. I thought that they just tore it down and they did great. Yeah, they, they did good. I mean, I think the way to go from here is you got to get that belt on Balor and put it on Andrade at stomping grounds. Yeah, I, I I would be okay with that. Andrade needs something. And I mean, the thing is, if he spoke English, which he's been working on, that's that's the main thing. That's what I've always been told is Vince's hold up with him. King Junie says, thanks for the review and Sammy's Fund. Uh, reminder, guys, all of your donations do go to Sammy for Syria and the Equality Foundation. So thank you for all of those. Up next, Shane McMahon defeated Roman Reigns. McMahon was just damp. He was just moist coming out there. Now, here's the problem that I have. Like people, like I'll throw out the idea of Kofi Kingston beating Brock Lesnar. And people will tell me, that's not believable. And I'm thinking, we just watched Roman Reigns, a multiple-time WrestleMania main eventer, and a former WWE champion, struggle to get out of a chin lock from Shane McMahon. Now, for those of you who aren't inclined and haven't trained to wrestle, here's how you get out of a chin lock. You turn right into it, and you take somebody's back. Or you sit out. You base, and you sit out. Especially especially if the person with the headlock does not have their leg around with their hooks in, especially if they don't have a body triangle on or anything like that. It is very easy to get out of a chin lock. But Roman Reigns, WrestleMania main eventer, couldn't figure out how to get out of a chin lock from 50-year-old Shane McMahon? That's that's unbelievable. The one thing I want to know is, how do you have Shane go over Roman, but you couldn't have Drew go over Roman out of the five or six times that they face coming out of WrestleMania? Couldn't. Yeah. Shane McMahon is the most protected wrestler on on the heel side of things. And from a creative aspect, he has more going into him than I think anybody but Lesnar. The difference is I'm really enjoying the Lesnar stuff, and I'm not enjoying the Shane stuff. I do, I, I do want to ask you, what, do you think they're going to keep using Shane after this? Or do you think this is it? 
Uh, I think they're going to keep Shane strong. Somebody's going to beat him at SummerSlam, and it's going to be big. Uh, It'll be big. Uh, I will say that chop block in midair from Shane was amazing. That was nice. Roman took that fantastically. Roman did a good sit-down powerbomb, takes out Drew outside, and Superman punches Shane off the top rope. But then Drew squeezes in. It's a Claymore. That's a wrap. Oh. Oh. This wasn't great. There were some good spots, though, I thought. And then Shane is his big power moment. And then tomorrow we're going to see him on Raw trash talking, SmackDown trash talking on the road to SummerSlam. I would really like to see somebody that needs it beat Shane McMahon. Here's the problem. What does beating Shane McMahon really mean? It does nothing for anybody, honestly. If, 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 it's, it like a, if it's a mid-card guy who overcomes Drew and Shane, that's something. But if it's just Roman, Roman doesn't need that. I mean, if they want to, you could always take the out of using that to turn a live baby face. But yeah, there, there are a lot of ways they could go with it. I mean, I just hope they do something. Uh, thank you to the Dick Breath Express who sent a, who sent nice a super chat. He said, I have nothing important to say, just donating to Sammy. Thank you. <laughs> Peen Man says... Goldberg's new finish is a brain buster. <laughs> oh, I'm going in on that match later. <laughs> Lars Sullivan defeated Lucha House Party via DQ. This is for the WWE Unified Nightingale Championship. Lucha House Party has been stiffing Lars Sullivan with regularity. They bust yep. him open all the time. You love to see it. <laughs> oh, you come love on. to see it. Come Good on. Job. Good job, fellas. Good job. Come on. I thought he did as good as he could with that terrible material last week. And, man, uh, I loved Lars knocking the entire team off the apron. That yeah. was a good spot. Uh, I'm confused. Like, I, I'm confused about this finish. Lars mowed some of the guys down, and then the Lucha House Party knock him off the top rope and get DQ'd. But then he beats them all up and looks impressive doing so. So why don't they just have him win? Okay, so all, all joking aside right now, just from a storyline perspective, it makes no sense for the DQ finish. Like, they should have just had Lars Sullivan go over. But, you know, you know my reasoning. Good job. Come Good on. Job. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Wilkins, thank you for the super chat. He says, Sean, will you slam your head into the door prior to your match with Melissa in August? Sup, Andrew? I got to see Rusev before the NBA draft. Rusev will – the Knicks will draft Rusev in the second round. That's just what they do. Um, I've already slammed my head into a door every time I have to work with Melissa. So, uh, yeah, I probably will. <laughs> Randy Orton versus Triple H. Now, in my match ratings, this got like a point higher because the crowd was all about this, Andrew. They loved they it, and it love, made this match way better. They love Randy Orton specifically, like – Every Saudi Arabian show, Randy is the biggest pop. It, it's like Brett when Brett went to Africa and like Brett Hart like just had this huge fan base like everywhere else. Like Brett would go to South Africa, bam, huge following there. Randy Orton's like super over here. You gotta keep going to the Randy Orton well if you're in Saudi Arabia for a couple That's reasons, it. Andrew. One, you know he doesn't give a shit about the politics. He's going over there anyway. He's not gonna take some big political stand. He's going. So if I'm them, I put Randy Orton against Superstar. Everyone, every time over there. 
I would even run a Randy Orton winning streak in Saudi Arabia. Make him an attraction there if he's this over. Yeah, he is an attraction. And just about this match in general, this was way better than what I expected, especially for what it was. This was like you do a big move, you wait about a minute, you go back into another one, and it worked. It was exactly, exactly what this crowd wanted. Man, this crowd, Triple H is over there, has Randy Orton in the arm bar. The crowd is, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes into the match. It was it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Orton's hand and arm gets attacked on the stairs, and he does a sing bomb to Triple H. I was worried for Triple H there. I had flashbacks of the torn peck. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh no, is this going to be bad? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> this match is very slow. It's mixed with big clotheslines and drop kicks. Triple H does the suck it and then walks into a power slam. But then a Triple H spinebuster connects, and the crowd just loves this. Not quite my speed, but then a big RKO lands out of a pat- pedigree counter. Worked great. Not uh, like, and then Orton event avoids the pin after a pedigree himself there was a really good tease of the punt as well which we know they're not going to do but but why not tease it and then triple h does a series of sing bombs himself that was probably my favorite part of this match triple h going to that well and giving randy orton a taste of his own medicine yeah taking it right out of randy orton's playbook oh one thing that i really enjoyed about this match was the littlest move, the smallest move, got the biggest pop from the crowd. That just shows you go back to your point how much they love Randy Orton. The match ends when Triple H runs smack dab into an RKO and a damn good one too. Really? So, what do you think of Triple of Orton going over here? Because I think it's the right move considering the crowd and considering the age discrepancy as well. Yeah, you know, what I thought was I thought Triple H was going to keep himself strong. He was going to win, but. In the grand scheme of things, Randy Orton is still around on a full-time basis. And Triple H, he's doing a million other things. So this only benefits Randy Orton. This was good stuff. I really liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot more than Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Oh, boy. If the Hosses in the 80s weren't so juiced up on steroids that they could move, this is the match they would have. Only there wasn't one of them that could move like Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley did some impressive stuff. Out of everybody, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley a little affected by that real, what would they say, real life? The real feel. Uh, the real the, feel. The real feel. <laughs> it's like when you watch baseball and they've got like the pitch FX. Like that's got to be like WWE's deal there. Like they got to trademark that. James Stevenson says, can't wait to hear this review, man. Glad this is for a good cause. Thank you for the super chat. Reminder, guys. All the Super Chat and the monetization goes to uh, Sammy for Syria and the Equality Federation. So uh, don't feel guilty donating today. This is just not a good match. They take turns mowing each other down. Lashley suplexed Braun on the steel. That was cool. Him leapfrogging was cool. But then Strowman power slams Lashley twice for the win, and that's it, man. I mean, I, I just feel like they don't have any chemistry together. The arm wrestling match is better than this. Yeah. And and was more over than that. Exactly. The, the crowd liked it more. Up next, WWE Championship match. So I'm confused in storyline why Ziggler got a title match. Like, did Kofi request it? Did he want it? Co- Ziggler hasn't won a singles match in six months and they hasn't been on the show at all. 
and he's getting a rematch. Yeah, so, and he's getting a rematch after losing. Crowd was dead for this. This was not as good as I expected it, which is a shame because Kofi has delivered in and out of the ring. But I want to know what you think. We saw a big DDT. Uh, I got sold a ticket on the SOS. I thought that that was going to finish it. Uh, the trust fall was insane. Didn't look like Ziggler was ready for that at all. Uh, Trouble in Paradise hits for a win, but it was after Xavier had kicked Ziggler in the head. Well, why did that happen? Because Ziggler attacked Xavier outside the ring. Afterwards, Ziggler's mad. He's he's upset. He didn't want. Uh, he, he was he thought that Kofi always did things the right way, but he didn't. This did not live up to my expectations. Maybe it's because of the real feel. Maybe it's because of that. But I think uh, just generally, generally in this match, um, it was just something to just progress the storyline. Nothing serious. Uh, you know, just get it to the next day. They did the exact same thing with AJ and Shinsuke last year, just to keep it going. Nothing big. And then Dolph's getting a rematch at Topic Grounds. And we'll see what happens. And Brock didn't cash in. Brock didn't cash in. That's a big thing because, I mean, we even... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Predicted it on the post-Smackdown show, and it seemed like the way to go. But Brock got busted up real bad by those chair shots. That later, man. They called him a big, ugly son of a gun. Yeah. uh, His elbow was black and blue, and he was selling his ass off on his way out. Like, it was real, real vicious so i don't know if that had anything to do with it i'm like again like i'm said i'm i'm still working to find this stuff out and everybody's headed back to the plane now they're getting the hell out of there so yeah, it, was it might some, be a while uh, when michael cole uh it was doing kofi's promo with brian saxon Byron saxon and you can hear michael cole audibly in the background he said so are we not doing and then it cut out and i was like so where was that supposed to be a like a signal to the last in their cash and then it got canceled so. Yeah, I get. We will find out. We will find out if that was supposed to happen. Um, you know, there are lots of reasons why that could or couldn't have happened. Um, I wish this battle royal wouldn't have happened. Everybody asking me all week, "How's this going to happen, Sean? Is it going to be a Royal Rumble?" Hell, if I know. Oh no, it wasn't, Andrew. I, I feel like it would have been more entertaining if they had the interests like they did last time. Like you had people just flowing out. It's yeah. Bad shoving people in the ring. So you just unceremoniously have Nakamura back on TV. Authors of Pain return. The Sings are in the match. Sinkara is back. First time since August. August. Thank you. uh, Thank you, K-Dell, for the super chat. The entire ring jokes about Titus sliding. I'm like, all right, we got to retire that now. Yeah, it's not funny no more. It's not funny. Yeah, it's like, once you drag it too much, it's, it's not funny. Somebody says, did anybody confirm exactly 50? I'm going to try to go back and find out, but man, that's a, that's a mess. Now, here's the thing. I admire WWE a little bit for just completely bullshitting Saudi Arabia with some of this stuff. They're like, oh, yeah. oh the greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, this is the biggest battle royal. Oh, my gosh, it's the World Cup. This stuff is as big as WrestleMania. 
and they fall for it every time. Yeah. Well, apparently not too many people in Saudi Arabia fell for it because that place was empty. But yeah, 50 people in the ring at once. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised we didn't see the the big lawn chairs on the outside with the people just having random conversations as the magic goes on. Oh, man. Elias sings about Jetta. He gets attacked by the Miz. This is a mess. EC3, the first person out. Especially that stuff that uh, Moxley said about Ambrose. I mean, Moxley said about EC3 on that Jericho podcast. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't age well for WWE. Uh, AOP eliminated Tucker, but they're both eliminated by the Viking Raiders. Titus hit under the ring and fires up. We saw a twist of fate that eliminated somebody. Uh, this was the point where I was like, why the hell was R-Truth even here if he's not in this match? But then yeah, we got to... What I thought was, was that somebody was going to try to pin R-Truth in yeah. the middle of the ring while the battle royal was going on. Yeah. There was a body scissors by Ricochet that eliminated gender. Rowan threw out uh, Xavier and Otis barely caught him. The Usos then eliminate Rowan. Now this is interesting because the Usos have been like getting beaten by Rowan and Daniel Bryan all the time, except for on the kickoff show. So they eliminate him. Then the Revival, who just lost the Usos, eliminate them. They were paid them. So this is like 33-33-33 booking. Whatever. Sinkara got a little bit of shine in his first matchup, but there's no heat until the end of this. Uh, Miz and Rude went back and forth. Ali and Ricochet eliminate Joe, but it all builds up. Really, the only thing that matters is it gets down to Elias and Mansoor. Mansoor, who is from Saudi Arabia, eliminates Elias, and the crowd goes friggin' nuts, Andrew. I, I don't even think the crowd knew Mansoor was in there until that final six stretch. I didn't they could finally see people in the ring. They were like, oh, there's our guy. And they started going crazy for him. Yeah, it's just, oh my gosh. It's, it was, uh, okay, so there, there are a lot of issues reg- regarding Mansoor in general. Like, he's a well known online troll. He's got a pretty checkered pass in that regard. We'll save that for another show, but. I do think it was funny. He got, you deserve it, Chance, for all the hard work he's put in since roughly 2015. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he worked hard on those four loop house shows in NXT. Man. They love him. And they, they had that, uh, that moment between him and Mustafa Ali at the end. I don't know what that was about, but it, it looked cool for the moment. Yeah, they, they, shook, they shook hands. He cut a good promo. I thought oh, his yeah. promo was really great. That was a good promo. But... You got Mansoor, who, you know, deserves it after his, I think, I think he's had 120 matches. <laughs> so so what does he get from this? Nothing. Like, his moment. A win. Yeah. I, I thought he get something. I thought he's going to get like a big belt or something. Some reward for, for his big degree. Yeah, that's it. That's all he gets is his moment. It's just. It is. <laughs> And it was this was about making Saudi Arabia happy, and they did because the crowd went crazy. It was a great moment for the live event crowd. Mm, you know what they got to do? They got to do Mansoor versus Randy Orton in Saudi Arabia. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they got to do it. Mansoor versus Randy. Yep. Who's gonna be the baby face? 
Oh man, sewer, without a doubt. They, they, they love Randy too. They do. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be their Hogan Warrior from WrestleMania Six. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Chris M. A fifty dollars super chat. He said, "Just got home, but assume this is the usual great coverage of a horrendous show." Thank you. Uh, Austin Daniels says, enjoying the review. Here's my donation. You guys rock for doing this today. Yeah, guys, this isn't the type of show. I didn't want to cover this, but it, it is the job. And me and Andrew have to cover stuff that we don't want to cover all the time or don't like covering. The best way that I see to combat that is to at least give what we're doing to a good cause. And Jimmy Van uh, signed off on this. So, um, you know, lots of credit to, to him for doing that as well. Main event time. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so bad. Like, who, who okayed this, man? Who this okay was this? so bad. The so promo bad. The promo was good, like, going into it. The package, that was real good. But the match, eh. Undertaker is is out second. Riddle or Goldberg's out first, and Goldberg's dumbass had headbutted something again backstage. Why does he do that? Like he, every, and everybody will say, "Oh, it's to get himself amped up. It's to get himself this. It's to get himself so that." He hurt himself doing it before. Here's the thing. Here's why I think that's bullshit, and I think it's stupid for a man who goes out there and says, oh, "I'm all about my family. All about my family." Yeah, give yourself some fucking CTE, homeboy. That That's real good, real smart. That shows that you care about your family so much because you got to get so amped up for this match that you just crash it into your head. You got to do it. Otherwise, it's not the money. The money doesn't motivate you. The fact that you flew your fucking kid and your wife all the way to Saudi Arabia isn't enough. You got to run your skull into something. I, I never understood the purpose of doing that. It, it never made sense to me. I'm like, bro, all you're doing is hurting yourself. Like nobody is buying into the, the, the it, character aspect of you smashing he, your head. Or whatever. He came up in, Andrew, he came up in 1997 WCW. He's not from fucking UWFI. <laughs> he didn't fight in pride or glory or anything like that. And I get it, man. The guy's a tough son of a bitch and still trains, but Jesus. Let's get into the match. Spear, Spear, Undertaker kicks out and sits up. And I was like, damn, good pace. It's going to end in two minutes. Can we get into that? that was that was that a knee bar that he tried to roll into? He tried. <laughs> and Undertaker tried to, like, like, kick him into position. And try to make him put the hold on Ryan Goldberg was like, okay, I'm just holding him to his leg. Oh my God. He then goes into the post real hard, way too hard. Keep in mind, these are posts that WWE, I don't know if it's the new style post, but they did it so people wouldn't get busted open by them. <clears throat> and he busts himself open because he just got to do it. You just got to do it. Oh, well, what that do? Came out there already, but halfway busted over right from that, whatever he did on his way out. Then the guy eats a choke slam and is so friggin' heavy on the tombstone. It's hard for me to see who you blame that on because it was scary. And I'm 
despite the rant, Andrew, I'm thrilled that Goldberg was okay and wasn't paralyzed oh, yeah. on that tombstone because he got yeah. spiked. Definitely. Like, I, I think after that first tombstone, they should have just, you know, called it a match. But Goldberg looked like he insisted on finishing it out. Well, he had a spear and what I will call the slack hammer for two. That was one of the ugliest goddamn jackhammers I have ever seen in my life. The brain buster, right? The brain buster. The brain buster. Goldberg is as bad as he ever was. I in thought this day. when when he first came down, like when he first lifted Taker up, I could tell he was he wasn't getting the full rotation. And I swore I thought he dropped Undertaker right on his head. I was like, good, good, good Lord. You know, I there are people who will defend this match, and they are dumb. You can't. You can't. You can't. So, it was bad. Undertaker tries to tombstone Goldberg, but instead of doing it the normal way, he tries to do the, the back bend out of it. Well, here's the thing. If you don't bend at least a little bit, you're going to fall flat on your back. And that's what happened. Goldberg, when it was getting reversed, didn't give any bend, didn't give any any flexibility. And they both fell flat on their asses. Undertaker choke slammed him for the win. What the hell was the, this, Andrew? The funniest thing about the botches in this match, you had to go back and watch Undertaker's reactions. He looked like, bro, somebody please end this. Like, get me out. Like, the way he looked at the every, like, messed up move, he looked like he was pissed off, especially at the end. I mean, this is one you can't put it on the Undertaker. He He went out there with a guy who ran his fucking head into a piece of steel, presumably. Not an official report. And then, again, I'm assuming that Goldberg just went into that post way too hard of his own stubborn bullheadedness. And Undertaker looked rightfully disgusted by this. Now, the Undertaker's a guy who hasn't had good matches in quite some time, Andrew. But, my God, this was just so terrible. This was a horrible way to end the show. And I don't, I don't think anybody will, on social media that I follow enjoyed this match. Everybody just wanted it to end. So now we're looking at the Goldberg match. Garbage. The DX match. Garbage. The Triple H match was not good. The, uh, the Rusev match was not good. Undertaker versus Cena was a squash. And... Uh, WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, that was passable at best. At best. The Shane McMahon match, outside of the the spot, was not good. They faced Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, and it wasn't even good. The last good match that I remember The Undertaker having was four years ago at Hell in a Cell against Brock Lesnar. So you got to wonder that. And the thing is... The Goldberg match with Brock Lesnar ruled. That was everything it needed to be in four or five minutes. Quick to the point. Yeah. Quick and to the point. Quick and to the point. And that's not what this was. They tried to get too cute with it. They didn't need to get cute with it. it Spears. Was be- exactly. Spear, spear, kick out, choke slam. Tombstone, kick out. You reverse a tombstone into a spear. Jackhammer, kick out. You go right back into the finish. There you go. Just keep doing the high spots. Like you said, they kept trying to get some Q2 with the Goldberg. I thought he was in the MMA. 
MMA octagon, and then you try to do a knee bar, and that was disgusting. That was it was lame. It was lame. Ah, oh, I'm glad this day is over. We've still got UFC 238. It's coming up this weekend. It's a hell of a show, too, guys. I mean, top to bottom, just a really good show. Dominion's happening. You going to be up for that one? Oh, yeah. Shall we make Dominion picks? Shall we make Dominion picks? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and do that. We've got a few more minutes. Let's go ahead and make Dominion picks. I'll pull up the show. Uh, pull up the card. That's a good idea. Now, here's, here's a funny thing. I had people who were trying to dunk on New Japan that were saying, oh, why'd Moxley get a title shot? Uh, you were complaining about Ziggler. Well, uh, first off, let's talk about this. John Moxley, hottest thing in wrestling right now, one. Two, he wrestled six weeks ago. Uh, three, it's for a fourth-tier title on a fourth-tier show, and Juice Robinson had challenged anyone and everyone. So there were reasons for him having that title shot. He's facing uh, Shota Umino. Do you think that uh, Moxley uh, emerges victorious here? It'd be hard to imagine him losing. Yeah, man. I, I'm praying for poor Shota, but I'm pretty sure he's going to come out there and fight. He had a, he did a real good performance. In the, um, I think he was in the best of the Super Juniors. He had a real nice performance, but Moxley's going to kill him. We also have Kojima against Takagi. If you guys oh. missed it, our boy Jeremy Lambert. Talking to all these guys, talk to Scoops. Kojima and Nagata. Who, who's out there interviewing New Japan guys? Nobody but us. Nobody but Nobody. us. Uh, Takagi's winning this. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think they got to keep building up Shingo because he lost in the best of the Super Juniors finals. And you got to keep him strong because he went undefeated all the way up until he lost the Hawkbird. And he is a future, I don't know if he's a future top, top guy in New Japan, mm-hmm. but he's a future main event guy in New Japan. He is amazing. Yoshihashi and Liger against Suzuki and Zack Sabre. Oh, man. <laughs> I got Sabre you know and Suzuki. You know what's winning that one. I, yeah. What I don't understand is why they don't just have Suzuki and Zack Sabre in the heavyweight tag team division and win the titles. I never understood. I don't know why they don't just combine those two divisions. The tag divisions. They, they need to. Uh, we have Taguchi, Juice, and Tanahashi against Bullet Club's combo of Ishimori, Chase Owens, and Switchblade. Uh, who won the other day again? Was it uh, Switchblade or Tanahashi? Switchblade. Okay, I think they'll go 50-50 here, and Tanahashi will end up winning. I go that too. Yeah. Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. I don't know how you don't give it to Will Ospreay. Uh, he is maybe the best wrestler in the world right now. But, you know, everybody's like, oh, is is Hiromu coming back? Man, is Hiromu- you took the words right out of my mouth. But, I mean, it's like it's like such a perpetual thing. Like, everybody's uh, – every every major show is Hiromu yeah, coming back. Mm-hmm. But, I and mean, he- if that was to happen, this – the main would be the perfect – for that to happen, like Dragon Lee defeating Osprey and then Hiromu coming out, and like you know, the Dragon Lee's the one they injured a lot of purposely playing, but you know, that happened yeah. to match Dragon Lee. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the reason why I would say maybe Dragon Lee is because they they can run that program. But man, Will Osprey is a hot hand right now. Yeah, uh, we yeah. have Gorillas of Destiny defending against Evil and Sonata. It's a toss-up to me, uh, but a lot of people seem to think that Tomatonga might hit the bricks eventually. Really? Yeah, that's what. That's what I mean. That's 
a lot of wrestlers tell me that, that they think that Tama Tonga will kind of see what his worth is. But I, I don't know that for sure. That's just chatter. That's just like gossip, honestly. He, he seems like a New Japan guy through and through. Like, that's his home. But I mean, when, they need to stop running this match at every big show. It's always yeah. versus even the Sonata. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, up next, we have Taichi against Tomohiro Ishii. I am not a Taichi guy. I'm Taichi at all. I have never been interested in him. I don't get it. And the thing is, I'm not a big Ishii guy either. I, I don't necessarily like his work, but I hope he wins because I, I like him. I'm at least willing to watch his matches. Taichi, he rarely has matches that I'm like, oh, okay. And so often, if I'm against the clock, I'll ask you you or Jeremy or Joe, hey, what do I need to see on this show? Right. And there ain't been one goddamn time you all have said a Tai Chi match. Because Tai Chi, he's like a real gimmicky guy. Like, that's yeah. all his matches are. But in terms of this match, uh, I think she's going to win. And then, you know, they're going to probably build a, some program with him and Goto. Yeah, Goto, I, I do enjoy Goto. Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, IC title. That's a hell of a match. I think it's going to be a toss-up. I can't even predict who's going to win this. I don't know what, what they're going to do. I mean, you could always take the belt off Kota and have Kota go to the you know, challenge for the IWGP heavyweight title. It's a thing. Kota can do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally anything you want Kota to do, you can. And the fact that he's committed to New Japan now, that's a big step. That's That's the big one for me. Uh, so, yeah, that is a toss-up to me. Okada versus Jericho isn't necessarily a toss-up to me, but I know New Japan is saying, oh, we're just using the guys that we're allowed to use from All Elite Wrestling. This is such a far cry from a couple months ago when they weren't using anybody, Andrew. Like, they're using guys that are signed to AEW. And if you're yeah. New Japan, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. Uh, what I was thinking was that, of course, Okada beat Jericho, but maybe we see Kenny Omega pop up and then Omega challenges Okada later on down the line. I mean, you never know. I can yeah. see that. Omega gets that one big match in Japan again. My God. I, that's going to be a hell of a show. I look forward to not being up for that one live after UFC. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a show that I ask Andrew and Jeremy about and I say, hey, what do I need to watch? And then uh, I'll likely do like some sort of select review about that. Um, but we're going to, you know, our schedule is about to get blown to hell anyway. When AEW goes on TV, I don't even oh know what our schedule is going to be. Oh I'm, I'm hoping it's wrong. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind AEW going ahead. I mean, they really wouldn't be going ahead with NXT. Yeah. I think everybody also watches NXT on the network later after it. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind wrong. AEW SmackDown. And yeah, the, the no way that I, I expect it to be Monday Raw, Wednesday AEW, Friday SmackDown. That'll be interesting because UFC runs every Saturday. Every Saturday. Uh, guys, make sure you guys tune in this weekend. I think Harry Kettle's joining me for the UFC post show. Uh, that's over on the MMA channel. If you all don't subscribe to our MMA channel, head over there and do that. Uh, it would help us a great deal. But I want to thank all of you who donated Super Chats. This was easily our most donated show, and it was a show that a lot of people didn't want to tune into and watch for obvious reasons. Uh, Your donations will go to a phenomenal cause. Thank you so much. 
Andrew, how'd, how'd you feel on your first live post show? This was good. And I'm glad we got the just very Goldberg versus Bianca. Thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, look for Andrew on more shows. I believe Jeremy's going to be on a couple of shows coming up soon. Uh, if, if it's a little rough, you all have trouble hearing them at first. It's okay. We're going to get them equipment and get that squared away. You all are going to be seeing and hearing a lot more of Jeremy and Andrew. Less Alex, who is right now at Picnic in the Sand with his <laughs> daughter and wife. Uh, so he got to miss this show. We'll get his thoughts on that next week because I'm sure he'll at least check out highlights. But Matt Riddle already deleted the tweet, but... He posted a tweet where he laughed at Goldberg and called him trash. <laughs> was he wrong? He wasn't was he wrong. wrong. He wasn't wrong. You, you think somebody told him to take that down? Oh, for sure. For sure somebody told him to take it down. Courtney Summers says, thanks for doing this, Sean. No, thank you all for being here. Guys, leave a thumbs up. Uh, Andrew, tell the people where they can follow you on social media before we head out. Uh, you can follow me at Andy Thompson underscore underscore on Twitter. The double underscore. The double underscore. The double underscores. Guys. Brain buster. <laughs> you all can find me at Sean Ross App. We are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.